Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. I'm Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson, and I guess we can say it. Happy New Year. Where did 2021 go? You tell me. We just talked about it early, you know, 22 months now of COVID and 2021 flew by. It's, you know, obviously it just starts off kind of slowly, but I don't know where it went. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of days late, lost in the last 30 days because, like, it's already December. Now it's New Year's and 2022. I'm like, come on, it just go back so quick, you know, in life. So that's why I got to be safe and enjoy it because it goes back quickly. When we get to the end of any year, you know, you start to look at the big stories and uh, the major headlines, and there are so many which we'll, we'll cover today. But one of the things that still, if you look at the last 22 months, Ralph, there is no doubt that COVID and, and now the Omicron variant or whatever you want to call it, but COVID-19 and this pandemic is still the number one headline. It is still the big headlines now, and I think it will continue to be the headlines throughout 2022 but hopefully we can turn the corner and I'm three years in this thing Mike I mean I still think about you know ACC tournament getting you know shut down you mm-hmm. UVA won the national title and then next year can't defend it uh you know and I was at the all-star game in February when this thing broke out and now it's two years later uh and time has flown by but uh hopefully we can at the world turn the corner on this thing this year 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we really haven't had much time to talk about it since we've gotten together. I felt so bad for UVA and Bronco wanting to coach in his last game and Brennan Armstrong, who fell 145 yards short of the ACC single-season record that Deshaun Watson of Clemson set in 2016. And Brennan, Brennan would have thrown for 145 in the first two series, probably, yeah, absolutely. you know, absolutely. in the in the Fenway Bowl. But COVID – ravaged the team and they were unable to make the trip i mean you know from the nba to nfl to college sports um i mean the protocols now i mean they're safe i'm sure we need that but it just destroys people's careers uh you know the, the guys that and girls that was in college that in their senior year and then get to play their senior year came back 
it, it's just it's a, a true crazy world we live in. But stuff like uh, you be a quarterback, I mean, you would think that it's going to be an asterisk side of name because he, he, he had another game to play, but they didn't play it. So he could have broke that record and, you know, who knows going on to be maybe an NFL quarterback or sometime in his career. But it, it, this whole thing has changed many people. All of us, it's changed our lives. It changed the way we live, the way we think, uh, the way we act, the way we react to people. And it's kind of a crazy world. Hopefully, like I said, this thing can settle down. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I told people, I'm, I'm going to wear a mask all year long. I've been wearing it for two years now. My ankle hurt for the third year. Right. And I might wear it, probably wear it beyond that. <laughs> you know, you never know. That's, that's so good. You're exactly right. Our guest today, though, is going to be fun. Larry Brown, who launched LarryBrownSports.com and has become a player in the world of websites and media websites. He launched the site, uh, Larry Brown launched the site, and no, not the coach, but Larry Brown, a UCLA student, launched the website in 07. By 2010, he was getting about 100,000, 200,000 hits, page views uh, per month. Now it's multiple millions. This is a great success story, and we get his views on sports and a career that started with, by looking in a window. All of that is next on Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. The mission for the Samson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Well, congratulations, man, on passing my touchdown record. I have one request. Go get us another Super Bowl. Congrats. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome into the Winner Circle Network. And uh, Ralph, great guest today. I'm looking forward to it because this guy's an innovator. He's a broadcaster. He's uh, pretty well known and he has a very uh, famous name, but it's not the guy on the bench who, who uh, handled Kansas for all those many years and uh, <laughs> SMU. But it's Larry Brown of LarryBrownSports.com. And uh, Larry Brown, it's just a terrific website. And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit because of what he's done. But he's worked in sports media for a lot of years, nine years, national sports talk radio. And uh, at 21, he was the youngest person on air at a national sports outlet. And he founded Larry Brown Sports in January of 07. It's a website that I use daily. And uh, Ralph, I recommend that you get the email because Larry Brown, it kicks. I've seen it, Mac. I've checked it out. Nice to have you on. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be on with you guys. A real honor. Yeah. Larry, so let's just start from the beginning. Uh, were you a young guy in the backyard with a baseball bat mm -hmm. interviewing yourself and saying, this is what I want to do? No, it was the opposite. Uh, I, I did want to be an athlete and I played sports growing up, uh, played competitively. 
Um, and I even tried to uh, play high level college baseball. Baseball was my sport. Um, I tried to walk on to the team at UCLA and, uh, you know, I didn't quite make it. Uh, they had quite a few uh, professional players on that team. Um, so I just wasn't at that level. And then uh, I decided, you know what, now I'm going to make that transition and try and uh, get in on the air instead. So that was uh, when I was a freshman in college is when I, I decided to uh, shelve all of my athlete dreams and uh, try to get in as a broadcaster. Well, that's how, that's how I caught him going to UCLA and but being broadcasting in California is like a natural fit, right? Because of all the media and entertainment in California. So as a freshman, but that, that's kind of early, you know, the, 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 get the dreams away and to be a baseball star, or baseball player in college. What, what made you think about that at that point in time? What, what would this decision factor that say, okay, I'm gonna stop playing baseball and I'm gonna shift here. And then also then continue that even to where you are today. Cause that's kind of a, a story that you know everybody needs to hear because you made that decision early on in your in your education. Yeah, I, I think one of the hardest things was realizing that one dream, you know, of maybe playing baseball at UCLA, having that die, and then making the transition to trying to start out on a new path and, and another pursue a different career and a different dream. You know, it's kind of like you're grieving a loss, the loss of <laughs> my one dream, and it's hard to get over that. Um, but once I did get over that, I, I kind of was determined to make make something happen in another career path. And for me, that was I really wanted to be uh, on the radio. Um, and like you said, being in Los Angeles uh, was kind of at the hub, you know, on the East Coast. That's where uh, Bristol, Connecticut is, where ESPN is. Mm -hmm. But but for Los Angeles, that's where Fox Sports is. Right. So for me, I was in uh, very lucky to be in a good place where there were plenty of options, both for national broadcasting and also, also local uh, markets as well. Um, so there were a lot of options, a lot of places around where I could intern. Uh, NFL Network was just starting up. So I was very lucky to be in the right place, uh, kind of at the right time with so many options around uh, to, to try and you know, make that my next career and, and pursue that. Please tell me that you walk. You used to walk around the house imitating Vince Scully. Please tell me that. <laughs> that seems if you're in L.A. or California, that's a natural thing you have to do. You've got to imitate oh, Vince Scully. There were so many good local broadcasters right. at the time. And Vince Scully's at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. um, and we used to uh, watch Dodgers games growing up. My mom absolutely loves Vince Scully. And... The one thing she always said to me about, about Vin is he raises the level. He raises the art form. He just does it better than other people and in a different way rather than sinking down and, and playing on the lowest common denominator that he's always trying to do more. And that was one of the things about Vin that always stood out to us and that my mom specifically recognized is on D-Day. Uh, he'll bring in the history to it and, and he'll oh, incorporate yeah. that before the game starts. And anytime there's a holiday or historic moment, how he'll tie it all together. And uh, growing up around that was a real pleasure. And um, it kind of, you know, is an influence a little bit like, hey, how can we bring everything together on a day to day basis to, to make it tie in and, and do more than just maybe appeal to the lowest, you know, common denominator?
Oh, what a great idea. Larry Brown of LarryBrownSports.com. We'll get into more of that. So, Ralph, when you when you walk around and do Vin Scully, the, he could do 20 minutes on the history of a snow cone. I don't know if you ever had a chance out west to meet him or meet him in L.A. because I know you spent time out there. Did you ever shake hands with Vin Scully? Uh, it wasn't in L.A. Yes, but with that some charitable events, you know, you're there, you're at a golf event, and you meet him. And I mean, you know the voice, right, Mac? Mm-hmm. Him speaking, you know the voice. It doesn't change. It's kind of crazy. So I did get a chance to meet him on a, on probably two occasions out there playing golf, which I don't play that well in the first place. But anyway, Larry, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned something that just resonated. So you said your mom. It seemed like involved in what you do, listen to Vince Scully or Virginia. So how does the mom think her son going to UCLA in his freshman year that he's not going to play baseball, then chooses a career path? And I'm sure she was supportive somewhere in that chain of uh, thought or or how, how was she thinking about that when you first started? And then what does she think now? Um, well, I, I would like to say that I, I hope and think that both my parents are proud, but um both of my parents had a huge influence on where I am right now, not just providing me with all the support and, and resources growing up to help me go to college and get a nice education and to put me in a good position. So that's for starters, but they each had a specific hand in, uh, in where I am now. My dad was a huge, huge sports fan. So I just grew up uh, being told all the history of all the games, all the players, all the stats. Um, he loves sports and he passed that on to me and I, I caught on to it very quickly and, and may have even surpassed him in, in how much I love <laughs> all of sports. And, and my mom too, uh, in two regards, she was very influential. One, uh, she herself is a big sports fan um, and uh, so she loves sports and helped influence that with me too. Um, and even she would even let me get away with on Sundays watching NFL games uh, on our family TV um, instead of you know kind of letting my sister choose something. I think she kind of uh, knew she was supporting my goals even back then. But the other aspect of it, besides her just being a sports fan and passing that on, that was really influential for me is she is extraordinarily instrumental in terms of motivating me and getting me to pursue a specific career. Um, She's the one who always pushed me to to do certain things career-wise. And uh, the real breakthrough for me happened when I was in high school. And so I I mentioned, and and Ralph, you talked about how lucky, you know, or just how I, I was fortunate, you know, being in Los Angeles, when there's so many broadcasting options right. just around mm-hmm. and nearby, if I had been born some other part of the country or a different city, I wouldn't have been so fortunate to have all these great options nearby. And, and just to share how lucky I was, um, a couple blocks away from where I lived, there used to be a Denny's restaurant and it got turned into radio studios. <laughs> and what when I was a junior in high school, this Denny's restaurant got turned into a premier radio networks, a division of Clear Channel, wow. and they launched Fox Sports Radio's national network there. So I'm seeing the construction going on. I'm seeing the signs go up. And my mom, this is all throughout my 11th grade year in high school, 12th grade year, right. is telling me, hey, these radio studios are going up here. This is what you want to do. There's the Fox Sports radio sign. You should go by. You should go by. She kept encouraging me and telling me to go by the studios. So finally, 
one day after one of my games in high school, I was feeling pretty good. I think we got a win and I must have felt pretty confident and happy and excited. And I decided, you know what? Today is the day. And so I stopped in, I parked nearby and I knocked on the glass outside the door and uh, someone let me in and they were broadcasting a radio show live. And I walk in, you know, it, it's just kind of like walking into this paradise for me. I see <laughs> these TVs on the wall. They're all showing different sports games. I see all these volume meters going. It's a true radio studio, the coolest site ever. I was just like in love. And uh, one of the gentlemen who opened up the door for me was really nice and helpful. He asked me a trivia question right away, like who played third base for one of the teams on the TV? I answered it correctly. He gave me the, the name of someone who I could contact and I contacted that person. And right then and there is how I was able to set up my very first internship experience. Wow. Uh, but I couldn't do the, I couldn't actually do the internship at the time because I was in high school and you need to be in college to get college credit for it. But I had my internship set up for a year before I actually did it. And that's how I got my start. And if it weren't for my mom constantly pushing me and encouraging me to go by, um, that's how I really got my start in, in the industry, in everything. And I can thank my mom for that. So my dad really gave me my first love of sports. My mom encouraged it as well. And she really has pushed me career-wise to, uh, to really do things and pursue things. I know that our guys don't feel like they need to prove anything. Uh, they just want to compete. That was the greatest thing I learned about those guys, even last year throughout the midst of all the stuff that we had to go through, is they were, they're competitors. And when the ball goes down, I, it's all they care about is compete. And uh, if that means they're going to try to prove somebody wrong, they're going to try to prove somebody wrong. But reality is we just want to prove ourselves right. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back to Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Mac McDonald, Ralph Sampson, our special guest today, Larry Brown of LarryBrownSports.com. It's a terrific website. I, I get it sent to my email. Uh, I like ESPN.com. I like CBS Sports, FoxSports.com, all the majors. But, boy, this is a website that takes you inside the stories, inside the headlines, and they find just really different and innovative angles. Larry, where did you get the idea to search out those kind of stories and dive into sports like you do? Uh, so how it started, I was working in radio at the time. Like you said, 2007 is when the first blog post went up. So we've been doing this almost 15 years now, which is crazy, um, which is more like 70 years in uh, internet time. Um, and so at that time I was working in radio and I was working behind the scenes as a sound editor and producer mostly. Mm -hmm. um, and I was doing maybe uh, one update anchor uh, slot per week, but I wanted to be on air and I had so much to say and I wanted to host. Um, and I really had a lot of stuff to say and nowhere to say it. So I thought that yeah. creating a website as, an, as a creative outlet uh, would be a good thing to do. And I guess kind of time blogs were more or less just becoming a thing and coming to the forefront a little bit. So I kind of thought, hey, this is the future a little bit. It would be nice to have a website. And, and really, I just wanted a creative outlet, a place to kind of put some stuff. And uh, that's how it got started. Um, so that was, you know, 2007. But for a long time, it was just something 
that I did on the side and radio was my full-time job. Um, and I was doing that for a while. And so I would just kind of do the website, um, you know, when I wasn't working, mm -hmm. uh, in radio and the real big breakthrough for the site happened. Um, I'd say late 2010 or so, which is when I went full-time with it to try and make it an actual thing. Uh, and the real big difference maker that helped um, take it to the next level was when I was able to bring on somebody else full time. And it was Steve Del Vecchio, who's still with us uh, writing on the site. And he took a big risk risk too, because, you know, the site was, it was in its infancy. He didn't know if it was going to go anywhere or not. He agreed to work for very little money um, for me, same thing. And, but both of us working together on it full time, kind of allowed the traffic to really grow. And then we had coverage almost throughout the entire day. And that's what really helped uh, take it to the next level was just being able to have two people working on it full time. And that's when uh, it, it, it really started to change was about 10 years ago. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's funny how the, when you said that, it was like, who's your team around you that made that work? I know you did it all when you first started out in 2007. But who's on your team now to get it to this level? And then where's it going? Where do you think this is going after this? Uh, great question for where it's going. Um, I'd love for it to uh, become more of a, of a name that people recognize and know more in sports media um, and where it just, I guess, has that bigger reputation and authority and more people are familiar with it. I, I do get a lot more people now who come across it, friends or acquaintances. Hey, I know you, I saw your site, this and that. Uh, so that's cool. I'd love for it to get there, but but having a, a full team now, uh, we've got three people who work full time, including myself, and we've got a, a couple other writers who do a really nice job for us uh, and contribute as well. And without that full team, there's just no way we could, we could have that full coverage mm -hmm. um, where we're able to kind of write almost around the clock um, and, and have coverage throughout all the days. And so we've got some great team members uh, that really make that possible. Um, Steve Del Vecchio has been with us. He was instrumental in the site becoming what it is without him. We would just wouldn't have gotten over that hump. Um, he's been with us for over 10 years. Um, oh. I think I started off paying him when he, when he started 50 bucks a month. He reminds me <laughs> um, and now he's making uh, 250 bucks a month. So we're, we're doing okay. Um, <laughs> That's great. But, uh, so Mac, you were kind of asking about it. Um, so when I first started this in 2007, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wanted it to be for me a personal outlet, but it didn't take very long before I realized that uh, people don't really want to just read one man's opinion on something or one person's opinion on things that you have to have a little bit of, a, of an edge or an, an angle or mm -hmm. you have to present things in a different way that really intrigues people and, and draws them in. Um, and I started to learn that very quickly, like what people are attracted to, what they're not, what they want to read about, what they don't. Um, you know, I, I started to realize kind of what you said that they want to read about more than just the game. Or if something funny or interesting mm -hmm. happens on the TV during the game, people want to read about that or they want to go look, look into that a little bit more. And that's when uh, kind of the light bulb went off and, and I started to understand a little bit more about what people want to see on the site um, and then kind of trying to uh, teach that to some of the guys on the team so they can replicate that and do the same thing and look for the same type of content. Um, you know, for instance, 
like one really good example was on Christmas Day, the Packers and the Browns were playing, and Aaron Rodgers threw uh, his first touchdown pass of the game. He threw three. The first one broke Brett Favre's uh, team record for most career touchdown passes. And uh, they had gotten the ball, and uh, the Fox broadcasters, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, said that, uh, that the ball was going to Brett Favre's grandson as a gift, that Aaron Rodgers was giving the record-breaking ball uh, to, to uh, Favre's grandson as a gift. That was said in the course of about 15 seconds on the air, uh, just kind of went in passing. Um, but that was something that just kind of went off for me, like, hey, that's really cool. People will want to read about that. And so I wrote up a story on that. And I think a lot of other websites might miss that. I think even people at Fox didn't quite realize like, hey, we should write something on that too. And for me, um, it was just little things like that where more than, hey, most websites are writing about Aaron Rodgers breaking the record. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody's doing that, but not too many people are realizing, oh, Aaron Rodgers giving the ball to Favre's grandson, who's a huge fan of Rodgers, that like no one's writing up about that. And I said, that's a really cool story. I think people are going to want to see what a nice gesture that was. And uh, that's why I wrote about it. So realizing so many websites, so many outlets are doing the same thing. So when they zig, we zag, you know, trying right. to do present something different, an alternative um, that, that I think people would like to see that they're not getting elsewhere. That's kind of our philosophy is to give them something they're not going to see so easily other places. The ability to look at something or see something and identify what the big moment is, what the big story is. Uh, what the headline is, that's the, the kind of the skill that we've kind of cultivated over time and, and tried to get everyone on the team to understand and, and to, uh, to, to really recognize, to, re to really understand and see what the big story is. And that's something that we're kind of identifying. Um, it's an ongoing process, but I think that's one of the things that we really try to do. Well, Mac, you know, I mean, you can interview people about the, oh, how did you know? How do you think? How how did it feel to make that touchdown pass? I mean, but that's that's just basic sports stuff that anybody can ask, right? But right. I do like your angle about just the little things before, or after doing a game. So you got to be with a sharp ear or eye, right, to see. I mean, he a hug afterwards with COVID or uh, the ball going to his grandson. So that's that's a good angle. I love that 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 uh, way you do that. That's, that's pretty cool. Larry, I got to ask Ralph. How many times do you think you got burned by the media in your career? Oh, every day. <laughs> Why, why did I know? Why did I know that was going to be your answer? Uh, I love it. Come on, Ralph. The, the, the media loved you. You know, you were a media darling. By the way, the bumps that you hear coming in and out of the breaks are from stories that have been on the Larry Brown Sports website. And, you know, just some insights and comments. And, and these are some of the things that you can find when you go to LarryBrownSports.com. all aside sorry but i'm doing a story about new year's resolutions and i was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers yeah no not right now okay thanks maybe next week the winner's circle network and the samson family foundation present center court with ralph samson uplift empower educate Welcome back, Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Larry Brown of LarryBrownSports.com launched the website about 14 years ago. And real quick, Larry, I want to ask you about number of hits in 2010 and number of hits that you have now. 
Uh, gosh, I think, you know, when I wanted to go full time with the website, um, I think we were maybe getting 100, 200,000 page views a month, something like that, uh, which I think was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, but in, order for me, in order for me to go full time with it, I kind of told people around me, I was going to get it to a million per month. That was my goal. Um, at the time, my, uh, my parents were like, Hey, you know, what do you want to do? Are, are you going to try and get, you know, go do this, go do that, you know, get into TV, do this, do that. And I was determined. I wanted to make the website work and make that full time. And my goal was to get it to a million page views a month. I just remember that was my big number. That mm -hmm. was my goal. And I worked really hard. I tried multiple different strategies to try and get there. Uh, and basically, and, and finally before, and I said, I would give myself a year to try and get there. Um, wow. and before a year was up, I was able to get to a million views a month mm -hmm. and that was a big number for us. Um, and that's when I was able to, when I crossed that number, I was like, this is going to work. I'm going to make it full time. I'm going to keep going with it. Um, so during those days, I think 2012, 2013, um, we were able to get maybe a couple million page views a month. Wow. And that was really, really good. Um, lately, um, we've had some really nice breakthroughs and we've been able to get uh, multiple millions. Um, and we're also distributed across a couple different channels um, where we also get a, a few more million views as well um, in syndication. So all together, uh, multiple million views, but the website itself is getting a lot more traffic than it used to. And I think um, you know, there was some concern, some worry that back in the day, people were only on their desktop computers. And then there was concerns that like, hey, people are going to be reaching the internet through their mobile phones and you won't be able to make any money because the advertising is so small on a phone. But the, the offset to that is everybody's got a phone in their hand that they can mm -hmm. be on the internet in yeah, two yeah. seconds. Yeah. And so it's kind of balanced out where, hey, now we're getting more people coming to the site because they're able to access uh, the internet so easily, uh, so that offsets kind of uh, the fewer people on desktop where there's more advertising dollars to be made. To go from 200,000, Mac, to a million in, in a year. Yeah, multi-million. You, you had your hard hat on <laughs> and get, to get that done, for sure. That's tough to do. No, that's really good. Larry, uh, the media and the media approach, and we were talking during the break, and I was asking Ralph about how, because Ralph had to deal with reporters and writers and I mean, in college, and then when he went pro, I mean, every single day he was dealing, dealing with them. So what is, what is your website's approach and your writer's approach to handling athletes or coaches? And do you have a philosophy with the website? Absolutely. Our, our number one thing is, is we try to be fair. That is like the number one thing. Um, and I think it's one of the principal tenets of, of journalism. I never actually went to journalism school, but I know fairness is a huge thing. And I think one thing that I, I feel like um, I try to separate us from others and from some of our peers and contemporaries about is, is fairness and accuracy. Um, we will definitely go after a coach or a player or an owner or a GM or whatever it is if we feel that they deserve it. Mm -hmm. But we also recognize that sometimes quotes get taken out of context. Uh, sometimes headlines get made that are spun poorly. Um, and we, in those situations, if we feel it's unfair, we try and point that out. 
and we say, hey, wait a second. He wasn't uh, saying he's guaranteeing a win. He was he was asked this question. He was set up this way. Um, and we really try to, as much as we can, provide that context and be accurate and, and be fair. Now, obviously, if someone really deserves it or said something or slighted someone, we're going to call them out for it. But if we feel someone's getting pummeled unnecessarily, um, or if they were taken out of context, we want to provide that context. And that's part of where I think we, we try and separate ourselves from other sites and outlets is, is differentiating by being more accurate, more fair, uh, digging deeper. A lot of times you'll see a quote that goes viral on social media and it's just two lines. Uh, and so what we'll try and do is we'll try and track down the entire interview and we'll say, this was the full answer. This was the question they were asked. Um, you know, and sometimes we'll try and set the record straight about things. And so we can take both approaches. And really, we're trying to be a little bit more accurate, a little bit more fair uh, when maybe some other sites aren't necessarily going for that. Yeah, I mean, Mac, when I, in, in my stand NBA, whatever we had, we had a we, we called it a good reporter and a bad reporter. Right. So the good one, you know, you want to interview and then all of a sudden they would collaborate. And then the good one would turn on you and say something crazy. They would never finish a statement or a quote. <laughs> Falcoff, I, I know the guys that like it was yesterday, right? And then the other part of my career when I could confront them, you know, one-on-one -on -one, off the record, whatever. They, uh, yeah, I had to write the good stories, but I had to write the bad stories because we were <laughs> opposing newspapers. <laughs> Same thing now, internet, right? You got to, because people cut the interview off where they want to because of time constraints, right? Let's just cut this off. So I said this, but I meant, this because you hear the second part, but you only got the first little bit of it, right? Right, and it's it's unfair. It's not right. Um, and and to me, I think I, th I think you get a lot farther by being more honest and truthful and covering the whole thing than you do uh, by getting one cheap headline and and burning someone at the cost. I, I don't think that's the right way to do things. All right, Larry, I'll give you ten. Maybe Ralph will have some input too. Your three biggest stories of 2021? Well, two of them uh, are right here on the tip of my head mm -hmm. and they happen like a week or so apart. Um, the first one, I mean, this is, you know, real poor circumstances was the John Gruden. Um, mm. and, and, you know, who just, who saw that coming? We still don't know exactly what happened. We have our suspicions that uh, maybe someone within the NFL may have leaked stuff uh, specifically, but it was very clear that somebody wanted him gone and went to great measures to ensure that he <laughs> was gone. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at those emails, there's no way there weren't tons of other inappropriate, highly uh, problematic things said in those emails that never came to light, but only specifically those ones leaked. A uh, very fascinating story, very unfortunate story. Um, the things that that he had said privately, uh, the way it unfolded, the way he got fired for it uh, or resigned for it, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there's another story that, that was pretty big, too, uh, very similar to that um, a week before, I think. And that was when Urban Meyer uh, did not fly home with his team after a Thursday night loss mm -hmm. um, against Cincinnati, I believe. And I, I couldn't believe that. I had never heard of a coach not flying back with his team and then gets, uh, you know, photographed and videoed at a bar <laughs> the next day with a young girl nearby him. And, and I think that's another story. We took a little bit of heat for that. We were one of the 
first sights in on that, um, I think a lot of people would say, what does this have to do with anything? You're crossing the line by covering it. But, but to me, there was a lot of meaning behind it. And I think it started with, what is this guy doing at a bar in Ohio uh, the day after his team got pummeled? Um, and he didn't obviously, he obviously didn't go back with his team. I thought that that was a big story mm-hmm. uh, to, because I had never heard of a head coach doing that. So to me, that had football relevancy. And that was part of this, you know, the start of this, the struggles for Meyer. Um, and then a week later, you know, he's on the hot seat and a week later, the Gruden stuff happens and everyone forgot about that for Urban. So it, it, it was kind of funny to me that it, it was a very good example of how quickly things move in today's world. Yeah, um, how it can be a headline for a few days and then so quickly everybody moves on. Yeah. Um, and he was off the hook after a couple of days because of the Gruden stuff. Yeah, Ralph, um, I've got uh, my top two. And yeah, the third one, would thir- number three is probably COVID again. Uh, number two would be Tiger. Uh, number one would be uh, Tom Brady. So, it, you yeah. know, either either Brady first, Tiger, or Tiger story. You know, I thought Tiger story was, you know, was so huge at the time too and may have ruined a, a, a career of a guy you know, still chasing a legend too. So Ralph, biggest story of the sports world. I'll give you a shot. Well, you know, the, the, the Olympics has always come to mind when I think mm-hmm. about what happened, you know, this past year and COVID things going on there. Was Good story. As well. It's kind of crazy. Uh, and then you got, you got along with that, you got, you know, you got the Brady story to me is some, uh, that I think about as well. I mentioned that before. I mean, how, how can a guy play that many years as a quarterback? to then get hit many, many times or whatever, but also go to one team to another team and win a Super Bowl, you know, like that. So was it, you know, was it uh, Belichick's system or Brady's expertise? Well, we know now it's Brady's expertise. Although New England's coming back this year yeah. a little bit in, in, in May race, so we'll see. It takes a little bit more time to build a team than build a quarterback. But Tom Brady is phenomenal in that way. And then I think the, the newest, latest great story is Steph Curry. And uh, the three-point um, now champion, whatever, but it's not just that he made them, Mac. He made it only in seven hundred some games. Ray Allen was thirteen hundred games, and right? Really was still you know, 1,300 games. So, right. but but you know, back in the day, and I'll take Ray Allen and that team only shot four or five three-pointers a game. Today, Steph Curry is thirty-five or forty three-pointers a game. So, I mean, you should be able to be somebody if you got the will, <laughs> the right to shoot it every damn time you get it, right? Yeah. Shoot it from three. So, yeah. I think those are the three in my mind that set the tone for the uh, this past year. Well, Larry, just such a uh, great job of the website, and we want to thank you. We're going to tell people that it's very easy, and they can join and get it in their email and. It's LarryBrownSports.com. We did learn, Larry, I guess, in 2021, coming to a close, you don't ask Bill Belichick a New Year's resolution question right. following a loss. <laughs> so we did, not, not 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 a <laughs> we did learn that. Larry, we wish you ba- the best. Continued success. Have a great new year. Uh, I know Ralph and I at this end will continue to follow. And uh, again, I hope we keep in touch Absolutely. because uh, you're doing a wonderful job. I love success stories and it always takes, you know, it takes some time to build it, but boy, you guys have built it into a real powerful media outlet. And so you're to be congratulated. You hung with it. Absolutely. Congrats. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor and a pleasure. Uh, a pleasure to be on with both of you. Uh, I mean that sincerely. I have a lot of respect for uh, what both of you have done. And, and Ralph, uh, I've known your name for a really long time. Like I said, my dad was a 
huge sports fan, taught me everything. And, and my mom too, a big UCLA basketball fan in the day. So I knew all about you in Virginia. Uh, well, so tell tell, tell my said personally, hello. It's yeah. nice to meet you and, and them. Nice to hear the stories of how they uh, kind of brought you along. That's impressive. Thank you so much, Larry. We'll talk soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Be sure and check out the website, LarryBrownSports.com. And thanks to Larry Brown, the founder and owner. Ralph and I will return on Center Court right after this. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. Full Sail University, great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. There's still knowns here. You're very, you're very cemented here compared to other places. So, just kind of help them, helping that out, and then say, ask them if they want to play with me one more year. So maybe if that can swing them one way or another, you know, try to get a lot of guys to um, just come back and just see how, see what their responses are. It's the Winter Circle Network, and this is Center Court as we kick off 2022. It's hard to believe we, as I said, Ralph. At some point, maybe we need to discuss all the great stories, the the people who. Uh, the legends who passed away, like like Hank Aaron, the, the record setters like Stephen Curry, and then not to mention all the big stories, the you know Bronco stepping down, uh, Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech being fired, JMU, you know the big story. James Madison goes to the Sun Belt, and then all of a sudden they can't compete for Colonial Athletic Association championships because that's a bylaw from the CAA. We're still going to get Jeff Bourne on this show and have him talk about the athletic director, JMU. But locally and nationally, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Tiger Woods of the world, it has been a heck of a year. 2021 was a heck of a year. And, and, and Mac, I'm looking forward to 2022 now. But we talked about this in 2021, the NFT and the license name, image, and likeness of college sports. It's mm -hmm. going to be a wild, wild west in 2022 and years to come. So I'm interested in seeing how this is going to work out and then uh, how will we still manage COVID in our world, even, you know, the next number of months because football and NFL and NBA shutting down teams. Can you imagine guys that, Mac, I wish I had a 10-game contract, you know, in, in, in my body right now. Whatever, I go back and play because you got Joe Johnson, these guys, <laughs> they've been retired for three, two or three years, and they come back and play. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. Maybe I can get, uh, you know, I just want to play half a game. I don't want to play all, the whole game. Like, I just want 15 minutes. And, Stick, talking about the college things that could happen in 2022, and you do call it the Wild Wild West, and that's very well put. But a guy like Brennan Armstrong, who's got his NFL papers submitted – but yet the quarterback of Virginia can come back and play another year, and he has that option. Uh, you know, he's going to find out if he can recruit some of the players around him and then see if they want to play with him and play under the new head coach, Tony Elliott. So that's going to be worth a watch. Okay, predictions. What predictions do you have for the new year? COVID will still be around. 
Okay, that's a good one. That's all I know. I know that's gonna be true. How about your restaurant being a success? Okay, yeah, that I, I can, <laughs> yeah, I can predict that. That's that's a wish and a dream, which I think is going to happen. So come, you know, mid February will be open, and uh, it's looking pretty good right now. And I'm looking forward to that, obviously, and we'll keep everybody there abreast of that because it's going to be a fun, fun thing to do. I have another great prediction for 2022. Ralph will still coach uh, the youth of uh, the area in basketball. Uh, we already slated Mac, as you know, to do math nut again in 2022. And, uh, you know, we had our holiday clinic last year and it became a successful. And then I'm looking forward to do more online stuff, as you know, our virtual stuff. So yeah. that's pretty fun for me. Plus it's rewarding when I see kids come in or parents come in and say, oh, we went to your camps before in the eighties and nineties. Now our kids are coming to our camps and I'm almost teaching some of the same principles, but it's fun for me to do. The Ralph Sampson Family Foundation will continue to grow. See, I haven't missed one yet. <laughs> yes, you, you, you got a list of them. Good. We hope to do bigger and better things next year with the foundation for sure. Stay tuned for that. And Ralph, your foundation does an outstanding job. I certainly want to say thanks to Kathy Grog, who works around the clock on this show, does a great job with uh, all the social media and keeps us on our toes. Kathy, we couldn't do it without you. Also, to the stations around the state, you know, the Julie Wardens and the Bill Basses and Joe Thomases and Mitchell Bradleys and Frank Wiltz and, uh, and Jamie Forrest and, uh, you know, Dave Morgans of the world. We thank you. Thanks for, for helping us get the message out. Thanks for letting us entertain your listeners. We couldn't do anything without you. Let's make 2022 a very special year. That's Center Court for this week. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.